What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John, we promised that we were going to be back on this Friday night, Saturday morning, post-Smackdown on Fox, the inaugural show, which uh, was very newsworthy, and I'm very interested to get your thoughts in this show. Um, but uh, we're also going to talk about uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of boxing. We got called out on Twitter tonight uh, about our lack of, of of boxing coverage, and and I want to respond to, to that tweet. But I think it's a good tweet. I, li- I like the feedback. Uh, the, the Twitter uh, follower was was uh, he's very passionate about boxing. So uh, we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about our uh, 1993. It's actually. It's actually on this day in 1993, the Raw that we're going to cover, which is the big battle royal for the opportunity to face off for the Intercontinental Championship that Shawn Michaels was stripped of. Um, So, I mean, I think we should probably lead with the big news coming out of SmackDown, which is Cain Velasquez against Brock Lesnar. When you saw the main event, Brock Lesnar beats Kofi Kingston in seven seconds, just Kofi was an afterthought. Ray's music plays. Kane comes out. Brock looks like he's seen a ghost. And then they do a little bit of ground and pound and and they set up, uh, they set up, you know, whatever they're going to set up, which I'll I'll sort of explain what I've heard after I hear your thoughts. What did you think about the whole thing? I loved it. You know, it just felt big. It felt it's like WWE needed a moment like this, right? It has, hasn't been, you know, Ronda showing up was a pretty big deal. Um, you know, she's obviously a bigger star than Kane, but this has felt like just a hot, fun show and a great moment to close the show where people are going to, you know, be on the news segment showing it. Oh, they're going to definitely do on the Fox, you know, affiliates show this and ESPN will pick it up and all over. So, I thought it was great. I, I loved every. I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was uh, executed correctly. You know, you give, you give Kane a big moment, and you have Brock finally cower to someone. Um, I thought Michael Cole and um, Corey Graves did a great job explaining some of the history. You know, bringing up the knockout, the man who knocked out Brock Lesnar. I thought it worked. Everything worked really, really well. I thought everyone was great in their in their roles and Heyman as well. So it was it was it was a, it was a, it was a perfect little perfect segment. Honestly, I loved it. Okay, I thought it was a home run too. And then so so this is this is our second podcast in two nights. Uh, the the hard workers that we are, <laughs> but this is my third podcast in two nights because I just got done doing Wrestling Observer Radio with Big Dave, which when people listen to us that 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 will already be up and. One of my first questions to him was, okay, you know, Kane versus Brock, what are we setting up here? And when are we setting it up? And you know, you want to know what he told me? WrestleMania? Survivor Series? Saudi Arabia Oh, is, is his guess. Oh, no, my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> so, as always, the thing that we have to preface because people think that things that we say are not not necessarily us but but big dave are our promises to the universe plans can change obviously but he was under the impression that they were setting this up for saudi arabia so my second question to him was why do, it, it, it could be brock against anybody in saudi arabia why waste this match 
in Saudi Arabia when you could save it theoretically and you could say, have Kane go, you know what? I cannot actually have a match until I fulfill my UFC obligation or whatever. And, you know, at, but my contract expires the day before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And, and and you do it like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea a lot. But he said that he thinks maybe the, uh, the folks in charge uh, of the deal could have asked for Kane or could have sweetened the offer. Um, what he also said was AEW was talking to Kane recently as well. So there was a little bit of a bidding war, but obviously WWE is the one with the deep pockets. Um, and, and you know, this this could be something because AEW is the startup, right? They're the new company. They're, they're building out. WWE's got so much money, more money than they can count, and they could over-offer these guys. So, you know... Uh, it looks to, but to the public, it looks like ah, WWE's getting the guys and AEW's not getting the guys. So I thought that was interesting that this was one situation where AEW's like, okay, like we get it, but we're not going to get into a bidding war with these guys. They they have the built-in match with Kane versus Brock, and that's kind of the money. But then I was like, ah, why are, why are we wasting it in Saudi Arabia on a show that happens in the afternoon? That is kind of like an afterthought. Uh, all, none of the Saudi Arabia shows have actually been good wrestling shows, but you know maybe that changes here, and you know we sort of have to treat it as uh, as a pay per view. So, um, but that's what he said. Thing again, plans can change, but uh, that that was his thought tonight. I sure hope not. Actually, you know, my first initial thought after was right away was WrestleMania, right? Uh, but then I thought, I wonder if Fox would like this on their channel. Like the, the big like in like eight weeks or during like or maybe maybe four weeks like during like uh, sweeps weeks right? Mm-hmm. You book this match on TV, you build it up, you know, just like they've been building up this first show. You know, they they you know you, a few weeks later you start building up another big show and it's and it's this and uh, I know you don't want to give this match away for free, right? I mean you don't, but pay per view is a whole different business now, right? So I can see it on like on Fox and. Uh, them them wanting something big like this, and I think it'd be a great ratings draw if they did it on as they did it on Big Fox. So, yeah, I, I would love that as long as there were no damn commercials. Well, I think you just go commercial. You can go commercial free during that time, just kind of like you, how they did with uh, NXT with the first uh, half hour being. Yeah, and those guys aren't going at they're they're not going twenty minutes, dude. They're they're like going what like we think. I will all smoke and mirrors. What would it say? 10, maybe 11. Yeah, I mean, it could be sort of like Goldberg and Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind it being on free TV and on if it's on Fox and promoted correctly. I think it'd be a, a, a huge deal. Okay, so we saw a brand new uh, network for SmackDown, which is a show that has actually been on the air for mm-hmm. 20 years. They mentioned the 20th. Uh, anniversary uh, and I think some fans thought we were going to reinvent the wheel here with this show and I never thought that going in so I didn't have that expectation I really like the show because when I watch wrestling on television and we're not talking about pay-per-view we're talking about a tv show the things that I look for or the things that I enjoy are newsworthy moments a fast-moving show, and something that kind of leaves you with a cliffhanger. And, you know, some of the segments, you know, take it or leave it. Like, I, I 
generally liked just about everything on the show, but I did see a lot of feedback, including those in our, in our Facebook group, whose opinions are just as valid as mine, who were a little bit disappointed in the show because whether it was the wrestling or whether it was the segments and, and how they played out or whether it was how Fox shot the show. Uh, but overall, what were your takeaways? And, and did you think it was a good show? Did you think it was a bad show? Did you think they didn't do enough? Like, what, like, like how did you come out of this feeling? I thought they hit a home run with everything, honestly, from the opening segment to the last segment. You know, stuff with The Rock is great. Uh, they had a, a, a dangerous, violent match, a, you know, stunt match with, with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. You had a big moment with Strowman and and fury you know and then they and then and then they top it off with kane and brock um i thought all that stuff was really good i was i was bummed that you know not see stone cold i was bummed that we didn't get to see john cena i thought john it would have been fun to see john cena that was that was another one who was missing like Mm -hmm. i i I just thought i was for some reason i thought he was going to be there and i thought they did a hell of a job incorporating the history with SmackDown, the old stars and the new stars. I thought like like that video of recapping the history of SmackDown, it was like what, like a two and a half minute video, maybe a little longer. But you know, they had a nice like transition to like current stuff, you know. I thought that was really well done. The opening video, the graphics were amazing, the sets amazing. Um it felt like a major, major show and I mean, it's going to be hard. You can't do this show every show, obviously, right? But, you know, I think if, they were, if they're smart enough, they can build, like, four, you know, four to six weeks or eight weeks into a bigger, another big show. You know what I mean? Kind of, kind of keep pacing like that. I mm-hmm. think it'd be a great thing. Okay, so the presentation and the production, um, I don't know if you saw any of the blue carpet stuff, but... Um, that was kind of cool. They had Clarissa Thompson, who is a, a Fox a sports personality interviewer host. She ate everybody who WWE has ever employed. She just ate their lunch. <laughs> so professional. So good. Like, she was... It, she was talking like she actually watched the product, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't watch the product. And she may have had cue cards or, or whatever, but she was doing these live stand-ups and so smooth. I was just like, wow, you know, not not this WWE universe speak, but very casual and, and knowing the product. And then in the middle of the show, you get Aaron Andrews, who is an ultimate pro, who's been doing this for a while, and she is so good. And I was just like, man, like how can you, mm-hmm. how can you bring back the, you know, and and some of the some of the women are actually okay. Like I know a lot of people are fans of Charlie Caruso. Um, I'm not I'm not that big of a fan of Kayla, um, but um, R- R- heartbreak de Rubio is though. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it's just like uh, I, I thought they really they really came out with with their A team and and with the big guns. Erin Andrews, she had one little faux pas though. What did she say? I don't even remember that Kofi Kingston's be challenging Brock for the mm. <laughs> for the WWE Universal Championship. <laughs> yeah, where you're not supposed to give her the finish, Vince. And uh, I think she just just flipped. 
the line, you know. But it, and, like the look on Biggie's face was pretty classic, and but they, you know, they covered it well. And Kofi was a good sport, and I thought Kofi actually did a good job with that promo. So I was a little disappointed in the match, though. Brock, what and do Kofi. you what do you think about that? Did should, you I think... thought it should have went five seconds. <laughs> That was that. That's a good one. Good punchline there. Thank you. Um, Watching a lot of Night Raw '93. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby the Brain. So um, the the interesting thing about that match is, and, and I also asked Dave on on Wrestling Observer Radio. Do you think that? I, I mean, I guess in hindsight, that was probably the way that the match was already designed. But the reason why I asked that is because. Some of those segments probably went a little long, and then when Roman and Eric Rowan went into the ring, I was like, "Wow, they're they're not going to leave a lot of time for this main event." And Kofi and Brock, when they were in the ring, I think there's only about nine minutes left. So I was like, "I was because in the back of my head, I was thinking because Kofi, the way the way he was doing his promos, and you know, the underdog, and and he's always a fighting you know fighting champion, and this and that. I was like, okay, maybe they're going to give him something before he loses." They gave him zip, like less than zip. But uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming that that was probably always the, the plan, no matter what the time limits were for this segment. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was it was correct. I mean, there's no need to give Kofi anything on Brock. Twitter is up in arms, by the way. Eh, well, they can be. But I mean, no one's really believing that Kofi has a chance with Brock. And I think it was perfect, especially after Monday. I mean, after Monday, you think this guy's going to get anything on Brock? No way. You know, you got to book Brock as this destroyer. And then that's why it was so perfect when he cowered out against Kane, right? If he's, he can't go 20 minutes with Kofi and then cower out with Kane, it, would, it wouldn't mean as much. But when he destroys Kofi in 10 seconds or 7 seconds, you know, then it means something. He comes out. He's been the biggest bully in the yard for so long. Out comes Kane with the most unique body of any. <laughs> I saw your tweet about uh, Ruiz. And yeah, Kane. Andy Ruiz, Kane Velasquez, like, the soft body Mexicans are taking over, man. I just feel like Kane has like a look like he's a giant. Like, like almost like a Kali looking guy, but, he, but he's not as tall. I don't know. He just has like long, long arms. And anyways, but like, I just thought, I thought it was perfect. I think it's fine. And, you know, this, you know, someone should have beat Kofi like this a long time ago. You know, that, that's, that, that story's just, it was gone too long. So we'll move on and, and they can throw pancakes and do all their things they do. And, you know, now we're getting to some serious business here with the title. So that's great. Um, Someone so, said it was like one of the best. This is even, even though he lost it within ten seconds, it's one of the best reigns WWE's had. I'm like, oh god, what the hell? I know <laughs> it was well, a cool little chase and a good moment, but after that, it just kind of like kind of petered out, you know. So um, the thing that <sighs> you know when, when you portray Kofi as this hard worker who sort of deserves, because of how many Employee of the Month badges that he's earned over the years, and people, you know, Randy Orton obviously was someone who was maybe not the biggest fan of him, shoot, you know, in shoot fashion, and maybe held him down in some instances, and then, you know, Kofi may have been held down in other instances too, because there was a couple of, of situations where he was he was pretty hot, but when, you know, you, you are catering to the... Uh, sympathy uh, audience, they're going to be mad no matter what. 
And I feel like they gave Kofi a much longer reign than you and I would have. We've been talking since WrestleMania (laughs) that great, cool, fun match. Let's get the belt off him because he doesn't really, he's not going to be a good champion. And and look, we're not saying that we're soothsayers in any way, right? But, you know, we follow this stuff and we have a pretty good mind about it. You know, and I'm, you know, I always bring up the fact that you've, you actually, put stuff like this together so you know you think you you think more thoughtfully about this than than most other folks and we both were of the same agreement that he's just not the guy and i think some of the reason why he held the belt for so long is because they were always building to this moment now when i say always i don't mean like six months you know vince has been writing this show for six months i think you know give Kofi a couple tries and you're like, you know what? We don't really have to get the belt off him now. Cause we're going to get it off of him on SmackDown when we, when we actually debut. So let's just let him keep it. And he's a good guy. He's a family guy. Um, he's sort of working within the gimmick that he's been given, but it was time. And for those who think like, Oh, you know, Brock again, like I understand that, you know, there, there is some Brock fatigue. I think that is real, but to say, well, you know, maybe Kofi should continue to have it, even though from a business sense, it's not working. And from a match quality sense, it's not working either. Because outside of that Daniel Bryan match, I don't think I've been too impressed with, with any of his matches that uh, for him defending the title. Um, so I, 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 it's, it was time. It was really one of those moments where it's like, you know what? It's time. But the sympathy audience now can say, well, they could have given him, you know, a couple minutes or so. Hmm. They didn't have to take it from him in seven seconds. Look, I, what, you know, they have a plan that they're going to something, and that did not include Kofi. And and if Kofi is as good as you know people think he is, he'll be fine, and he'll, you know, he, he won't be, uh, you know, he 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 won't lose anything from this. And and ho- I, I I hope for that for him too, because you know he not everyone. You know, we we learned from the Eddie Guerrero situation that even the best wrestlers, the, the being a champion is a whole different deal. And now Kofi's had a run; he knows what it's about, and he can build up to it again if he's if he's the guy. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's funny, like I know people are complaining about Brock fatigue, and even I was starting to feel that fatigue. But after Monday and today, I'm, 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 I think Brock's just as hot as ever now. You know, so. I, th- I think it's uh, they did a great job and and it, everything made sense you know it was perfect it was a perfect everything was executed perfect yeah sorry Kofi it sucks maybe you could have got a troll in paradise but like I said like no nah. I mean I, I think it was, it was booked correctly he comes in he destroys Kofi he's the biggest dog in the yard again and out comes Kane and he and he and he, and he cowers out I thought that was great stuff do do you in 2019, does the fact that Kane doesn't have this fantastic body, does it matter? And I don't think it matters to UFC fans because they know Kane and they know that he trains his ass off and he just doesn't have a great body and he whipped Brock's ass for real. But to casual pro wrestling fans who may have checked out this SmackDown for the first time or you know maybe they, they haven't been watching for very long, I heard from several people who hadn't watched wrestling in a long time and saw The Rock and they were like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and watch the rest of this show. Uh, but does it matter to those folks, do you think? But that Kane's look? 
Yeah, the, no, just well, the fact that his, no, you know, he, he took off his shirt and he was kind of like, okay, like he's, he's never, not, he's never been jacked and ripped kind of a guy. He's always kind of had that that body type. I mean, he might have been a little tighter, but nothing like where he stands out like a bodybuilder, like a rock or something like that. So um, he never looked freakish, right? He was just a killer, and they have great promotional material to use. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna, you know, get that footage from UFC, right? When Kane knocks him out. They're going to get that. I was kind of blown. I was kind of just tripping out when I'm watching this segment because I remember how big that fight was. I mean, we went to Dave Dutra's house. We had a big old party. Katrina spoiled the finish for me. <laughs> <laughs> we almost broke up. Oh, like my five God. Seconds. Wait, wait, wait. How does she spoil the finish? All right. Remember the World Series or the playoff game? No, it was, um, was it a World Series game or playoff game? So, Giants and... Um, so is this 2010, right? Uh, Kane and Brock, was that 2010? Yeah, okay, no, keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we watched the, we were finishing the baseball game first and watching the, watching the, um, watching the fight on delay. So it was a whole long night, right? We were all packed into Dutra's house to watch it, but we got to watch the game first. We to finish. And then, you remember the line that, uh, you know, I'm going to take your belt and have a burrito, too, that Brock gave Kane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Katrina, you know, on Facebook, as we're watching, as we're watching, the, as we're, as we're now the fight's starting to go. Now we're leading up to the fight. Now we're, we're behind, right? No one's on their phone. No one wants to get spoiled. But my wife's on the phone, right? And she goes, my friend just said, Kane said, have his, now he's going to have his burrito, too, or something like that. Or, and I'm like... Oh, <laughs> that means Kane won. I was so bad. I was so like, oh, down. I was bummed because you know it's a like. That's one thing that's great about UFC. Well, back you know even that even back even when it comes to a big fight, like you're just jazz and you just, you don't know what's gonna happen, so you're just hanging on every little thing. And that fight, I'm just waiting to see it happen. You know when it's gonna happen. I was just so depressed. Cause I was a I'm a huge Brock guy. You know, been been for a very very long time. So you're right on the money, 2010, yeah. October 23rd. So we're almost to the ninth year, uh, mm-hmm. ninth birthday of that match. Um, so I, I, I guess the, uh, I think those who you know, WWE has a lot of interesting fans. Some of them are so diehard WWE fans that they're almost apologists. But some of them are sort of, you know, they they like to they like to talk about the deficiencies in the product. And I do think those folks are going to say, Oh, who's this fat guy? Like, and, 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 you know, they're, they're kind of like maybe, maybe not intelligent fans, but they're still fans. They still have the same, their, their dollar goes just as far as our dollar. I I think that's interesting. I'm going to be kind of following that to see if, you know, cause it's not, I mean, Kane, we know is in great shape and he just doesn't have that body. It's funny because, you know, when I did tweet that thing about Andy Ruiz and Kane Velasquez on Facebook, I, I, I mentioned it too. And I, and I uh, tagged Danny Acosta, <laughs> our buddy, Danny Acosta. And he's like, are you calling me a soft bodied Mexican? I'm like, no, uh, oh, I was yeah, just, don't mess with Danny. I just tagged you because, you know, we, we joke about that Dude. stuff. I can't, I can't referee that. that match. Oh, no, I'm tapping before anything even Better. happens, you man. Tap to get, look get like out of here. Danny yeah. Acosta gives you one look, you tap. <laughs> I'm, I'm tapping right now. That's, that's what I'm tapping. <laughs> um, so I thought that was funny though, but, uh, so, okay. So, Show you you really enjoyed it. Now, 
did they use their time to promote the right stuff? Because Rock got a lot of time. Mm-hmm. He's entertaining as all hell. He's not main event in the pay per view this weekend. I thought they, well, they thought they did a great job with the Fiend and Seth stuff. I thought that was really well done. I was a little worried because I'm like, oh, poor Shinsuke is gonna get <laughs> you know <laughs> killed in the middle while while Seth you know is like in, terrified in the, at, the, at the top of the stage. So I thought that was a cool little twist. Like right when I saw that was a cool moment, like showing Shinsuke look around, like you think, oh god, he's gonna get Shinsuke, but no, he still gets Seth, and I just love that character, the Fiend. Um, and even that that Firehouse Funhouse segment was really good. God, Bray is so talented, man. He's has to be one of the smartest people in wrestling today. You know, came up with this, you know, reinvented himself, and now he's possibly going to be getting the championship, and has this new fire, hot character that he did not steal from Hood Slam. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh it's. It's great, and uh, I thought they did a really well, a great job with it. I thought they did a good job to build up, uh, you know, stuff with Becky and Sasha. They got, you know, that that, that match did a really good job. The finish was perfect. You know, I was thinking like, what's going to be the finish in this match? And I thought the best finish they could do is Charlotte over Bailey, not have you know Sasha or Becky be pinned. Obviously, mm-hmm. we got that uh, leading up to the pay per view. You know, but still, the focus was let's it's it's about this show now right i mean helen cell is going to be sacrificed a little bit due to the fox show yep know? so it's just the nature of the game so but yeah i thought it was I, I liked it i thought they did really well with everyone like i said and i thought they used everyone well i mean i know people probably like you know aj styles only did a flying forearm you know <laughs> but like they, they want to get the, the guys out there right yep. i mean i i thought no one was hurting that it was no one was hurting that segment um it was all there for Strowman and tyson fury which you know it's funny like remember i think we talked about this about a month ago or so we were talking about like tyson fury like you could see that guy doing something with pro wrestling like mm-hmm. and it was just funny see right when i saw him out there i'm like oh oh here we go and it was like the Lawrence Taylor segment, right? Like the push almost or the running, you know, the, this, it, I thought that was really cool. Now, do you think that it was a little bit redundant to go from Tyson Fury to then Cain Velasquez? Because Cain Velasquez overshadows Tyson Fury mm-hmm. by the end of the night. I know. I thought that too. I'm like, wow, they did two of these big, like, I guess celebrity athlete tie-ins, right? on one show but like i think they're like screw it let's just do it all right let's just have this let's make this the most newsworthy show yeah biggest possible audience yeah. to show both of these guys yeah i just don't want stroming the job to tyson fury you know well well tyson Fury's going to be on raw supposedly on monday to they're giving him an open mic at least that's what they're promoting oh well, yeah, there's a lot of beeping <laughs> <laughs> so okay I don't know if people know this. Uh, we've talked about Tyson Fury a couple different times on this show, but um, you know he's named after Mike Tyson, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember you talked about this. And I, I told, I was telling my buddy, uh, my buddy Big D from uh, Geek to One Hundred and One. He was like, "You're, you're, 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 you're bullshitting me." I was like, "No, he was named after Mike Tyson." And I think the story goes that his dad wanted to name his brother evander but mom was like okay that's enough like we cannot name our second child evander after evander holyfield what about riddick <laughs> riddick bow yeah <laughs> lennox uh if we have fourth kid's name is lennox um so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way as you. I thought it was a home run. A lot of people thought that just that it was sort of the same old, same old. There wasn't enough new sort of reason for them to, to watch. And yeah, look, you know, there are some negatives about the show. And, and my main negative is you promote Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the only time you show him is in the pregame with three minutes before the show goes on air. He does a great video package on Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar, and he crank, he clacks the beers together, and he drinks them both, and, and that whole thing. But he was not in front of that live audience, and you have advertised him. Hogan and Flair also advertised. They are in the, the – all you see, you hear three seconds of Real American, and you see Hogan – sit next to Flair and you see Rock's mom and you see Wendy, uh, Flair's wife, significant other. And that was it for them. You see Trish and you see Lita in the front, in the, in the, in the front, uh, sitting in the front row. And that was it for them. You see Mick Foley, you see Kurt Angle. So in that sense, they promoted stuff they didn't actually promote that they were going to do anything, but other than The Rock, when it came to the legends, you didn't really see a lot. Mm-hmm. I well, okay. Remember we talked about this last time. Like, will the will the old stars going to out, out overshadow the current stars? Right? Because you know the current stars right now are just not at the level of those old stars. Right? So they, you know, we know they would just come in and they would just overshadow everything you had hogan out there doing a promo or flair doing something austin doing something the rock doing something it's just too much so you give that one star one you know old timer i guess quote quote, sorry rock you know legend um Mm -hmm. to do something you're gonna give that to the rock right and you're gonna you're gonna have he's gonna be the one you know star. he is the biggest he's a, a worldwide star i love stone cold you know he's my guy but the rock is a worldwide star, right? He's he's super. He's, he's Hollywood, man. He's he's big time. So you want him to do something? I thought his segment was great. I thought Corbin, uh, 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 King Corbin was a great foil for all that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, he's so good at that stuff. Um, he's such a diverse guy. I mean, I'm like you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Corbin. I think he can do a lot. I thought he carried that segment really well. He hung in there. Did he did fine. Um, Becky was good. They get some great lines of Becky. So I think, I think that was great. And I think showing like, Hey, tip your hat to respect some old timers, like, you know, Mick Foley, Kurt Angle. Um, we always saw Hogan and Flair on Monday, right? They had their moment there. So here they came in out like, wow, Hogan and Flair are there. But you, but remember we want the focus to be on the current stars. Cause that's going to be on every week going forward. So you liked the fiend and Seth. I, I like it too. Like I don't watch Raw regularly, so I don't get to see the Firefly Firefly Funhouse stuff. But Bray Wyatt is so entertaining and he's so creative. I think people are sort of sick of him because they've seen him, you know, over the last several years. And this is a new version of him. And a lot of people don't like the fiend because, you know, they think it's kind of campy and goofy. And I get that too. Seth kind of you know seth reacts like every person who gets killed in a horror film like all of a sudden he can't use his brain when he gets scared but um you know in in building for a match like i think they've done a really good job it sort of reminds me i'll tell you what it reminds me of is um 
when Shawn Michaels would face the Undertaker, and, and the the match that I'm sort of thinking about is the, is the first Hell in the Cell match, where it was like Shawn was scared of the Undertaker because you know the, you can't really kill the Undertaker, and the way that he would react, I think, is similar to how Seth reacts to the Fiend. The, now the difference is is in, is the Fiend character is supposed to be like a horror film character and and the undertaker is just the undertaker it's a little weird it's not exactly pro wrestling as we've seen it but it is creative and i think they've booked themselves into a corner a little bit in that the fiend kind of has to win on sunday but i don't mind the different and and i and i think that we all know Bray Wyatt is talented. All I think all of us are rooting for him to show to to actually show off his talent because he is so talented. And you know the 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 old Bray Wyatt character it ran its course. The old Husky Harris character it ran its course. And but you don't give up on a talent like that because at some point he may he may find what you know Undertaker was you know, Booger Red and and me and Mark Callis and all that before he found his niche too. We've just seen all of Bray White's characters because he's been in WWE for so long. So I, I like the I like that they're giving him a chance to do this and I dig it. Like that is not really my style of, of what of the pro wrestling that I like, but I really dig the creativity in that character and you could see that He's having a ton of fun with it, and and I'm in. But I can I also understand why people don't get it or, or don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why. I mean, they should. I think, like I said, I like it because it's different. He's different than everyone on the show. He, you know, so and he's good in the ring. You know, he's he's a hell of a wrestler. A lot of people probably just kind of skip over that, but he's you know he can go. You know, one of my favorite matches was. That he had was like him and Daniel Bryan to open up the Rumble that one year. I thought they had a, just a barn burner of a match, and he always comes through with matches. He always he always delivers, except you know those those stuff with Randy Orton at the house is kind of weird. But you know, mm. but other than that, when it comes to in the ring, guarantee he's going to put on the max effort. Okay, so um, we'll we'll move past SmackDown. It, it, it's I, I thought it was a good show. If you haven't seen it, check it out. There's lots of entertaining stuff on it. Have you heard the rumors about one Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, thinking of making a comeback? I just heard this today, and I'm not surprised. You know what's funny? You know who I thought originally was going to be Jericho's mystery partners? Edge and Christian. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I thought, okay, like, it was, in, it was until... I kind of thought, well, who's going to be like, they must have something, right? I guess I got, you know, they must have someone or something. Oh, maybe it's those two guys. But then again, I'm like, wow, those guys, like, you know, Burner, not they want Burner Bridge. Everyone comes back to WWE. But you know what I mean? Like, they're, you know, they're, they want to keep cute graces with WWE. And WWE can always give them the money to stay, anyways. But I just thought maybe that, that was a, a slight chance of that happening, which would have been a big deal. But. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it scares me, though, because, you know, neck injuries are very scary, and he's had a – I know he had surgery, and but maybe he's just getting a bug, man. Maybe he sees all this stuff with around wrestling, you know. He just wants to get involved again, and and, may, and he sees the money. If <laughs> He probably will see the money that's available these guys are getting, right? Like, hey, I can do a Saudi Arabia show and make a million. I can do – you know, WWE's handing out contracts with bigger guarantees now because they're, you know, competing with AEW. I mean, there's there's money to make now. Maybe he thinks, like, oh, I can do it for a year or two. Makes good money. 
and and you know there there is people do believe that he did leverage AEW or maybe he told WWE that he was going to leverage AEW or whatever, which is the smart thing to do. That's what you have to do if you are a pro wrestler today. Randy Orton is tweeting at Sammy Guevara, right? Like, did he? You ha- yeah, he, I think he's uh, he's like playing video games or something. I don't know. Randy Orton is he's the he, best. He's just living his best life. I want to be Randy Orton when I grow up. Uh, did, you, did you see? Did you watch? I don't know if you, you man, if you paid attention, but they showed the split screen of like the youth versus. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Randy Orton like barely ages. I know. <laughs> just so, shaved, his, shaved his head, and you know that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So so they they did this thing based off of the Will Smith movie Gemini, where yeah, he yeah. plays himself, and then there's like a CGI'd version of him as a younger version of himself. And so WWE did did a commercial where they said, you know, who would win between young Randy and current Randy, or young John Cena and current John Cena? And I I turned over to to Meltzer and I was like, you know what? The younger version of the wrestler would win every time. Except Triple H, he would bury his younger per his his younger <laughs> person in in, in, the, in the match. I just cracked when I saw the the Orton split screen. I'm like, yeah, so he shaved his head, huh? Yeah, yeah I got a same, little more tattoos. He absolutely looks so so. You know, I mean, the guy the guy takes care of himself, and he has those genetics, man. He, he has takes those care genetics. of himself too. Yeah. Um, okay, so we that brings us to Hell in the Cell this weekend. Um, it's not a pay per view that is. On a ton of people's radar, except for the Seth and Bray match. That match feels like it's something. Uh, I already told Big Dave I'm not going to his house to watch it. He even told me like, eh, I may be, you know, I may that may be the 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 show that I have to watch on delay. He's so. watching it. So no, no, he's watching it, but he may have to push it off a little bit to to do some family stuff. So I don't feel too bad about not going over there and hanging out with him and watching it, but. I'm very interested in Seth and, and Bray, mostly or Seth and Fiend, but mostly because I'm interested in what they do for the finish. Um, but now, you know, they haven't announced anything with Brock. Uh, I, I don't imagine that he's going to do anything on that show. But they have like only four matches, maybe three or four matches that they've actually announced. So this is going to be like one of those shows where... You know, you don't even have a card, and you got kind of got to make things up. You know, the day before, like I'm assuming tomorrow, we're going to see a bunch of tweets about new matches for this show. So it's 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 a show that's definitely the, sort of the the one that's the least important of of all of WWE stuff this week. But the intrigue is still there for that match for me at least. I'll probably end up watching you know a good amount of that show, but definitely going to watch the main event. I'm actually into it. And I think it's just because this week, and I know we've talked about like fatigue and being just tired of wrestling by the end of the week, you know, but I, I mean, I saw a good raw, had a lot of great stuff on it. Um, saw, you know, NXT AEW, that was so much fun. Um, this show was a lot of fun. This is definitely, we talked about this, like this is probably going to be the best show of the week, right? And SmackDown did. I thought they delivered. It was great. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm like, I'm going like to continue the momentum. Like, you know, I want to now I want to watch some Hell in a Cell, and um, I'm and like you, like the match I really want to see is is Bray and, and Seth and the finish. It's kind of reminds me, you know, back when another Hell in a Cell match when it was Ryback and CM Punk, because Ryback was so hot, oh being undefeated, yeah. and it was like, but we knew CM Punk was so hot too, and what was building up. No, do you, you know? Do you take the belt off Punk and give it to Ryback? What do you do? And Vince is like, I never said we're gonna keep this guy undefeated for a long time. So, you know, unfortunately, it, it hurt uh, Ryback. But 
you know, the the money was in punk, and so you know he kept it on him. Yeah, they they did book themselves into a corner a little but, bit on that one. But I think Seth is a guy that you could take the belt off him, and he's fine. And I really think you got to keep going with this fiend. With- I, I'm I'm really hard on Seth, uh, and I was even harder on him today because he was in the in the pre-show, and instead of saying SmackDown on Fox. He said Fox on SmackDown. I was like, oh, Seth, you got to get better at this stuff. Dude, can you believe? I mean, Fox went all out for this show. It was awesome. So, I mean, before, dude, honestly, I'm at work, we have a television. And and where my office is, I can see the TV. And they had they usually have the news on in the morning, right? Fox News. They kept interviewing and interviewing and interviewing all these different WWE. I saw Seth being interviewed. I tried to think who else was like I maybe mean, Stephanie or something like that. Like all these people were being interviewed, like locally, like about like you know what you know the show coming up tonight on Fox. SmackDown's gonna be on Fox. SmackDown's gonna be on Fox. Like I just like was like blown away. I'm like, oh, this is. I'm so curious to see what this rating was gonna be. I I don't have a prediction. I just think it's gonna be pretty damn big. And if it's not, I'll be blown away because I thought they really hit it home. Like you gotta watch a show. You got to tune in to see, and I think just, you know, I think announcing Rock instead of being a surprise was a smart move. Just have, you know, out, get that out there that the Rock's going to be out there. And I thought, you know, so I thought everything, they they really were firing all cylinders when it came to promoting the show. All right, you mentioned it already, but I'll repeat the question to you. We watched Raw. I, I watched most of it. I didn't finish all of it. We watched Raw. We watched AW Dynamite. We watched, and w- what did you think about uh, Dynamite? Being the name of the uh, the the childhood book show, the fantasy book show of Tony Khan when he was a kid. That's what he called the show was Dynamite. Is that what he had? Yeah, mine was my favorite. My, my I didn't have a show name, but I had a uh, my my big event was Super Blast. <laughs> <laughs> That's but awesome. I I didn't create this show, but World Class had a show called Super Summer Sizzler. Uh huh. And so I used that as my, and I also love the Iron Man tournament from uh, the pay per view Starcade '89. Uh huh. So I had a, you know, instead of doing tag teams and singles Iron Man, I did two singles Iron Man, like two brackets, A and a B bracket, and I, and it was in July, so I called it the Super Summer Sizzler. <laughs> oh, so, but but B, but Summer Blast comes from. Super Blast was... Or, sorry, Super Blast comes from Super Brawl and Beach Blast putting it together. Yeah, and maybe a little Super Clash, too. I like that, the sound of that, you know. So, uh, what, so we, we saw Raw, we saw AEW Dynamite, we saw NXT, we saw SmackDown. Which was the best show of the week? All in all, I gotta say SmackDown was the best. I, I agree. That that was my favorite show. I I had... It was just enough... Of all the things that I said at the beginning, newsworthy, moved quickly. I, like I don't like when I watch wrestling TV shows. I don't necessarily need great matches because I know that the great matches are are going to be on the pay per view. That's kind of how I was trained to 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 watch this stuff. And so it, it's awesome when there's good there's good actual wrestling on the show. Mm-hmm. But that's not like my main thing. I want to see things happen. I want to see things pl- you know storylines kind of dig deeper and and meet be meaningful and i also want news i want new i want newsworthy things and i want things to come out of that show going like ah i can't wait to see what happens next yep yeah that's what tv's the tv shows for setting things up um you you 
build to a big match, right? It's like, you're not trying to force great matches every week a lot of times. Um, I know, like, right now, both AEW and NXT probably want to put some really good matches on each show, you know, because they're trying to cater to that that audience. Um, but yeah, I think the best best show overall was definitely SmackDown. The best match of the week so far has been, well, the week has been Cole and Riddle for me. Um, and... Yeah, so I think uh, it was just a good week of wrestling. It was fun. I mean, it's it was a, it was a great time, and I'm pumped for next week. I'm like, I'm pumped for next Wednesday. Actually, that's that's the main that's the main course for me right now because I just love comparing these two shows, and and they already promoted a match I saw for next week for AEW. Yeah, uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho against uh, Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, and uh, Adam Page. Where's Cody? Is he too injured to wrestle? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that 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 was that was my first question too. Why Dustin versus Cody? But Dustin did save his brother at, at the end of that show, even though he got one upped by but, uh, Jake Hager. But Adam Page never ran out there. He didn't. He was probably tending to his horse. That was. I, I was kind of confused by that match announcement. So I wanted to hear your take on it. Adam Page was also in the worst uh, in in the segment that lost the most viewers on NX. Uh, I mean on AEW. Him and Pac or Pac had the had the segment that lost the most viewers on that show. Hmm. And they had a good match. Yeah. So okay. So you know we we kind of bring this back every once in a while along with the other thing that we usually do, which is stock up, stock down. But we saw four mat four sh- full shows. Um, I don't know if you watched any other wrestling. Uh, you would be a crazy man if you, if you did, uh, except for our 93 Raw. <laughs> I was going to say, I watched, I watched that. But uh, who is your pick for Best Wrestler Alive, which is Best Wrestler of the Week, essentially, but, but we call it Best Wrestler Alive. Are we, and I'm trying to remember, we're going in-ring only, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's sort of a, a combination of things, but mostly in-ring. God, I'm gonna say Adam Cole right now. That that's just unbelievable the pace that guy keeps. You know, I think he's just he's 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 pretty amazing. Cole over Riddle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know Cole really made that match. I mean, both are great. But I'm just saying, like Cole, just keeping that pace, his positioning, his work as a heel, his character. Um, he's 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 just fantastic. I just you know like it's in a ways I I thought that match is great but also and and also thought like maybe sometimes it's like it's almost too much at times right we talked about this with the gargano remember that gargano cold stuff they just kept going hit everything but yeah like, it's just amazing how that they can keep that pace up for so long and cleanly hit these moves like there's mm-hmm. like it's just what an athlete you know both men but i you know so i, I have to get a nod to one i'm gonna give it to adam cool right now i think he's just the complete package I think that's a good answer. My answer is going to be Matt Jackson from the Bucks because I think he's underrated. Now, a lot of people don't like that style uh, that the Bucks wrestle in, but I thought on that show and that main event. Now, that main event, you know, we talked about the ratings last night, but that main event. When you look at, and Dave and I covered this on Wrestling Observer Radio, but that main event gained viewers, 
But what also happened is the private, uh, the Street Profits and the uh, the Undisputed Era match lost like almost 200,000 viewers in that main event segment. AEW gained about 60-something thousand. So there, there was some channel changing going on. And there was, you know, and, and I think, you know, that, that segment, if you look at the main event segment, the AEW segment won. Now, because NXT went on the overrun, they, they gained some of that back, not all of it. But I, I you know, th- there was something about that main event that people were looking forward to. And when I watched that match, and when I looked at all the guys in that match, Obviously, Chris Jericho is kind of like the cleanup guy, right? Like he, like everything is set up for him to get that win. He's the champ. He's the guy. But the one that I thought held the match together, because I mean, the the match was weird. You had Kenny Omega and John Moxley doing their thing, and there's no disqualification, and mm-hmm. their say their their whole thing goes away from the ring. And at that time, as a viewer, you're thinking like, well, what the hell's going on in the ring? And so when they come back to the ring, I thought the one that held that match together best was, was Matt Jackson. So he's my guy, but I, I, I mean, your guy is great too. Like, like, but that was the best match definitely of of the week. Um, was that Matt Matt Riddle and Adam Cole match? So, well, you know, I th- I still think a lot of people tuned out during the NXT tag title match because. AEW is the is this is their first show, first main event, and I think they expected something big, a big surprise, and I think they wanted to see that. And like I said, some came back to watch NXT after that, and by no means like that 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 tag match I thought was really good. And I have to, I need to know, my friend, a big important question. I forgot to ask this last night, but I'm still curious. The street spot, the street profits, and Wale get the smoke they were looking for. <laughs> I think they did. I I love that entrance, man. That'd yeah, be, and I was like, I was like, we we got the smoke. Okay, we get it. We got. My, next time, I'm bopping my head. Like, uh huh, uh huh. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm into it, man. I like the Street Profits. Those guys are fun. They're like they're like better wrestling public enemy. You know. Um, I I think that they got they definitely have something for sure. Wale definitely adds something to their act. He's such a cool guy, and look. It's not. I'm not saying that Wale and I are friends in any way, but I've been to Wale Mania a couple times, and you know, you get pretty close to him, and you watch him interact with people. He just seems like the coolest dude, and like a great hang. I mean, he got Dave Meltzer to 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 take a shot of uh, cognac. Like, come on, like who? Like he's got to be a pretty cool guy for for that to happen. Because so he's, Dave a, he's is so- a peer pressure guy. It wasn't even peer pressure. I think it was charm. I think it was like just his charm, you know. Brian and Dave taking shots of cognac. Yeah, I love I love Street Profits, and I thought well, while I added a great to to their entrance and their fun, and I'm a, I'm a big Dawkins fan just simply because he does the three sixty stinger splash, <laughs> a move that John LaRocca would have used if he was going to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> and my and mine was the. Uh, the razor's edge, but face first. That was mine. Oh, <laughs> so you're gonna murder people? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's it's perfect for the swimming pool. Not as perfect in a wrestling ring. You know what's funny? I used to when I was a kid, like to do these moves, right, with like action figures or whatnot. Then I'd be like, that's just too dangerous. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it. Your plastic action figure yeah, yeah, takes yeah, a bump. I was, I was definitely concerned for their safety. 
Um, okay, so moving along, um, we talked a lot about wrestling in these last two shows. We got a tweet <laughs> to uh, to our Fight Game Media uh, Twitter account, and I think initially I was like a little defensive, and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what, this follower, someone who's listening to the show, it like he's got a valid point. Now I'll, I'll, I'll basically. His when when we put up our our uh, our podcast last night, his initial instinct or his initial tweet was like, "Where's the Spence and Porter information?" Like that was a big, uh, it was a big boxing match. We met, I mentioned it a little bit because I I mentioned that I I saw it with Dan, our buddy Danny Acosta, but I knew that we were going to talk about it tonight, so I didn't talk about it last night. We had. St- the AEW story, the NXT story, that is the story of the week when it comes to this stuff. But if you're a boxing fan, you're like, hello, like, are you dissing boxing in lieu of pro wrestling? And I think we do do that sometimes because we are so dialed into the pro wrestling stuff, you being someone who's actually in the business. And, you know, I do stuff for the Wrestling Observer uh, radio show. So there's a, there's a wrestling bias in a sense. UFC is not really hot because they're making money off of their ESPN Plus deal and they're not putting together huge fights, though. The Madison Square Garden show, I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot next month. But look, there's a show tomorrow, and we spent maybe five minutes last night talking about it on the podcast. It's just not hot. It's not newsworthy. Not a whole lot of business. That's just kind of kind of the deal. So I kind of thought, it's like, you know what? He's wrong. The this the, the the guy's name is and you know I'm shouting him out because I appreciate the feedback. We're always trying to improve our show. We're trying to talk about things that are relevant. His name is Joe Becht, J O E B E C T. Joe, thanks for for your feedback. And so I kind of gave him, you know, I was like responding like, "Look, here's the situation. The AEW story, the NXT story is, you know, to that business." is 10 times bigger than than what Spence and Porter meant to boxing. Like, there's the, the boxing sort of politics get in the way of some of this stuff, and this is not the biggest fight they could have done, though it was a great fight. And so, you know, he came back, and he's like, look, they did a good buy rate, like, we should, that you guys should talk about it. And I sat back, and I was like, you know what, he's right, because just because wrestling kind of dominated the news, the media this week... You know, we we probably didn't talk about Spence and Porter enough. So my thought is, you know, I think we probably do need to talk about boxing a little bit more. Maybe even, um, you know, in, in the lead parts. But what I also said was, look, we talked about Joshua Ruiz when it happened. We, we put that in a priority. We've talked about the zone a lot. Like we broke down the... the uh, you know the the money deal and, and why it's important. So we ha- we we will put boxing in a priority, but it's just this week of all weeks was really like all wrestling. But I will take the feedback because I love boxing. Like we have Duan and I did a whole series on uh, the Fabulous Four, right? We 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 probably did I would say I don't know how many twelve hours of, of shows based on the uh the middleweights of of the 80s so it's not like we don't talk enough boxing we have a lot of boxing content but it's just what takes up the news on these shows you know in in some instances boxing kind of takes a back seat because there's not always 
big fights. Now, um, what we're going to talk about right now is uh, the Spence and Porter fight, which I was going to mention, but we're going to save it for this show because it might be the fight of the year. Um, Errol Spence and, and Sean Porter was such a good fight that I when 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 I'm watching it with Danny Acosta and I also took my girlfriend because she likes boxing though she doesn't know much about either guy and she was very entertained but she was also um she also was clowning uh, Danny Garcia because he he's not a good dresser and he was actually the guy who after Errol Spence won he was the guy who came into the ring and said you know what you know I, I want to be the next guy and they made that fight eventually so she's like looking at like ah this why is he wearing a turtleneck under a blazer? Like, that looks silly. <laughs> so, stuff like that. But, you know, the fight was so was such a great fight. The other problem is, is that fight was last Saturday, and so it's almost been a week. So, it's kind of hard to kind of talk about it from a newsworthy perspective if we're just recording on Thursday and Friday. But, Joe, feedback taken to heart. I will figure out a way to... Um, prioritize some of the boxing stories uh, and some of the news that sometimes we, we we talk about and sometimes we kind of just, you know, we, we may talk about it only for a short time. But I do want to add more boxing content to this podcast because, look, you know, we, we talk about three different things. We talk about MMA, we talk about pro wrestling, and we talk about boxing. The pro wrestling stuff dominates sometimes, and that's just kind of the deal from, you know, from our backgrounds. But I will make an. I would definitely make an effort to talk more about boxing. So, in the in, in that vein, um, Gennady Golovkin is facing Dervin Dervyanchenko this weekend on DAZN. I am all in with DAZN. I decided to go for the year subscription, so uh, they have my hundred bucks. It's a great deal. Um, and I've seen a lot of publicity for this, and I can kind of compare it to the publicity that I'm seeing for Robert Whitaker against Israel Adesanya, because they're they're kind of comparable in a sense. They're both on streaming services. One's a pay-per-view. One's not a pay-per-view. Triple G's not a pay-per-view. But he's been doing a lot of ESPN um, media and other media, too. And I feel like this fight is actually to the masses more important than the UFC pay-per-view and uh, the idea that, you know, if we get to spend our 10 bucks a month on, on the zone, I think it's, it's, it's a great value. So I'm super pumped up to, to see some triple G this weekend. Have you heard anything about this fight and sort of compared to the UFC show, like from your perspective, what are you feeling about, about both shows that like, like you're obviously a little bit, more of a casual fan to the boxing stuff than I am, but, you know, you follow the UFC just as closely as I do as well. I'm actually seeing more promotion for Triple G's fight than the UFC fight, actually. Maybe because I've been watching a lot of Fox and, you know, and the zone's been really big advertising on, on the football games and stuff, so I've been seeing a lot more of that. So, I was, I was, for me, it seems like a bigger fight, the boxing match. Um, and I like... I was like, I thought it was going to be, I'm like, damn, the zone. I'm actually thinking about maybe, because you know, like you, you can just buy like the month, right? Or something like that, or buy the fight or something like that. It's for like 20 bucks or something. It's kind of a good value, I think. So the, so the deal now is, uh, so those of us who signed up on the zone, like very early on, we got the 9.99, but they raised the price up to 19.99. 
And if you were grandfathered in, I think you're, you're, uh, you were only grandfathered in for a year. So when that year was over, your 999 changed to 1999. Mm. So I, I knew that that was coming. So instead, I just got the full year instead. Um, but yeah, if you if you just want to go month to month, it's now twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, depends on my Saturday evening's gonna look like. I might, I might, I might just do that to get some content to watch. And and, and I like Triple G, so that, that's it seems like a fun fight. Does this guy have a chance or? So tri- Triple G is heavily favored here. Uh, if you remember when we were talking about the fiasco between Triple G and Canelo and how, you know, we thought they were going to fight and then they weren't going to fight, the first guy on Canelo's list when he wasn't going to fight Triple G was Derevyanchenko. Mm. But the problem is, is that, and and somewhat, you know, Triple G's kind of frustrated with his, with his uh, crew at Golden Boy, it just didn't happen. So Canelo just decided okay, I'm not going to fight, and I'll, I'll take some time off. And then Triple G was like, well, you know, I'll fight Dervianchenko. <laughs> and so that so they made that fight. So um, I don't think it's uh, – I don't, I don't think many people give Dervianchenko a chance, but I do think that people expect it to be a pretty good fight because both guys are going to sit there and they're going to throw punches and, you know, they're, they're going to be hittable – and a lot of people are picking a Golovkin knockout, which is probably what I would pick too. But I think you know Dervinchenko's game; he's going to be there. He he's a he's a valid guy to to fight Triple G. But I don't think any I don't think most people think he's going to have a chance. Uh, but I think it should be entertaining. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, whenever you get a chance to see Triple G. I think you need to you need to sort of figure out how how to do it because you know he's not going to be he says he's going to fight five more times six more times but he is thirty seven uh, and I think you know once he gets Canelo back in the ring you know he'll make that humongous payday and then you know he probably doesn't have to fight anymore but until then you know I'm I'm going to try to watch him whenever I can. All right, so let's talk about to wrap this show up. Let's talk about our segment on the 1993 Raws that you and I are reviewing. We are talking about October 4th, 1993. Last week was the build-up to the Battle Royal. Shawn Michaels is stripped. Vince McMahon um, makes a Battle Royal of 20 guys, and the final two competitors in the Battle Royal will then face off in a singles match to uh, win the Intercontinental Championship. So the sh- this show starts out directly with the battle royal, and um, it's a uh, it's kind of you know battle royals. Back in the day when I was a kid, they were such a special match, and when I watch them back, I'm like, okay, these guys are doing nothing in this match. But I was such like anytime you saw a battle royal, it was like a special match, so I was always into it. This match was actually kind of a good battle royal. I, I liked this battle royal. There was some cool things that they did, and you could see kind of who they thought was uh, who they were going to give a couple of uh, of good eliminations to. Um, but overall, like I, I really thought the match was good, and you know, you get down to Razor Ramon and Rick Martel. That's going to be the match for for the for the championship. But there was a, there was some interesting interesting eliminations here. Um, you had uh, 
uh, John Gonzalez gets eliminated immediately, and you know everyone sort of jumps on the big guy to get him out. You had Kevin Nash as Diesel eliminating Mabel. You know, you're like, okay, like he eliminated Mabel. He's kind of somebody to keep an eye on. Um, you know, Razor gets IRS out. So there was a lot. There was things that sort of made sense, and uh, I, I just I, I enjoyed it for from a battle royal perspective. I enjoyed it, but my favorite thing in this match was Vince McMahon reminding us that Bobby the Brain Heenan once hit under the ring to win a battle royal uh, in probably some somewhere in the mid-80s, I, I, I would think. I forgot what, what the time frame that they said, but that is such a memorable match to me as a kid, is Heenan hiding under the ring to win a battle royal and everyone sort of forgetting that he was even in it. Yeah, that was classic stuff. Yeah, I, like you, I thought this was a great battle royal um, it's one of my favorite battle royals of all time, actually, because I remember it so well. And I'm pretty sure that Pat Patterson laid out this battle royal just from his history with the, you know, Roy Shire, the big battle royal at the beginning of the year. So it's because it felt because the, you know, the battle royal at the beginning of the year in San Francisco, the Cow Palace, was really late, well laid out. Like there's key eliminations and building up the featured matches and whatnot. And I felt that here, like you said, you had. You know, Mabel was looking good, and then you had Diesel eliminate him. So Diesel's not winning it, but they're really high on Diesel, but they give him a big moment, right? Um, IRS and Razor Moan, they have their moment. You know, their little skin in here, their feud. There's, you know, the Macho Man stuff. I thought Macho Man was great in this Battle Royal. I love the whole booking of it. I love the, the three-on-one stuff. That was really good. The crowd was, I mean, it was, and it was, it was like the perfect length of the beatdown of, of Razor. Like, it just went. They at the right time he made his comeback and eliminated the Quebecers and that crowd just exploded. I mean, I'm can't can't wait to hear our buddy Nick's uh, thoughts on that because he was there live. I bet that place was just 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 going crazy because it looked like it was going crazy on TV and it sounded like they were going crazy. So yeah, everything was just I love this battle royal and and it, it was like what almost the half the show. Yeah, it was like tw- it was like twenty something minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just really, really damn good. That's why I think it was. I'm, I'm, I could probably put money. It was Pat Patterson that laid this thing out. So some of the other eliminations. Um, so Bam Bam throws out Mister Perfect. Uh, there's another moment when uh, Tatanka like I, some of the spots where I'm like, ah, you should know better. But Tatanka, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he runs at Bam Bam and Bam Bam just pulls the top rope down and. T- Tatanka goes out. There's another moment where Bam Bam throws Razor through or over the um, over the second rope and underneath the top rope. Obviously not eliminated, and then he celebrates like he won the match. And Razor comes back in and just uh, clotheslines him out. So there's some stuff where you're like, ah, why do you guys got to be you know not smart about this stuff? But you know it's it's normal battle royal stuff stuff that we saw when we were a kid all the time. Uh, Macho Man eliminated Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb kind of got a nice, like, he was one of the last entrants into the ring. And so you can tell, like, okay, they're going to do something with Adam Bomb because Macho Man eliminates him and Macho Man's going to be there in the end. Um, Macho Man gets eliminated. It takes three guys to eliminate Mach, Quebecers, and Rick Martel together. And that leaves Razor. Well, actually, before that, that leaves Adam Bomb, the clothesline, Randy Savage on the floor. Oh, I didn't. Mean, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, happened. so he got that, which was a big deal. You know, Macho Man is smart, and plus, it's also probably whoever I'm sure Pat Patterson 
protecting Macho Man too, right? Yeah. Like it was it's just it was just like I said, it was well it was laid out like damn near perfect this battle royal. So it's Razor against the uh the Quebecers and Rick Martel. And so they set up this thing where Pierre and Jacques are double teaming. And so Jacques holds Razor and Pierre hits the ropes. He's gonna clothesline Razor. And then Razor moves and he clotheslines Jacques. Jacques goes over the top. Razor then dumps Pierre out. And Martel and Razor are headed towards uh, the the match in the next week on uh, on Raw. And I forget what Nick said, but Nick was telling us that our buddy Nick Mahmood, who was actually there live Nick. as a as a thir- I think he's like a thirteen year old kid watching this show. He said that they they did a lot of the matches out of order. And that um, I don't I can't remember if he said that Razor and Rick Martel was actually before the Battle Royal or after the Battle Royal, but he was like super confused about the match order and what was going on on this show. Which I can imagine, like even though it's a TV taping and you know things are like what like why would they tape so many things out of order to confuse the live audience? Yeah, that'd be that'd be so amazing to me if they really did have that Battle Royal. After this, that would just be. I might be wrong about that, but he was just saying how you know there there were the the way that they laid things out was not what you would see on the TV week by week. We gotta give our tip. Our, I gotta tip my cap at least to Rick Martel, man. He was such a ring general in there, controlling this battle royal, especially the last segment. Did you notice when they're and he's having a full on conversation with Adam Bomb in the corner? <laughs> no, I didn't. So yeah, like he's you know unlike today where people would just can just openly talk you know in front of the cameras, you know he's you know you know he's talking through his teeth at Adam Bob and Adam Bob's asking him like what's okay what's he's basically telling Adam Bob what he's gonna do when he's gonna do it what's leading up to his elimination like you could tell they're going over at the, you know everything and and at the same time it just looks like they're both trying to choke Macho Man right mm. just amazing yeah, that guy's so good and I, I actually. I almost, did I tell you, I almost had, like, lunch with Rick Martel last year? Last year? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I know. So, uh, the place I work at, uh, one of our vendors, um, as an old, uh, the regional manager is an old pro wrestler. Steve Pardee worked in the Shire Territory, Portland. Uh-huh. Um, so, he comes in, and he sees me all, and we, we just talk wrestling. And one of his really good friends is Rick Martell. Wow. And Rick Martell was going to be in the area, and he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to bring him by, and we'll go grab lunch, and you know, he'll love to talk to you. And, you know, because when I first met Steve Party, he started to kind of segue to this different thing. But when I first met Steve Party a long time ago, like, the people at my work knew I liked wrestling. I was doing wrestling at the time. I was a manager for APW. So they, so here comes Steve Party, and, 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 and they introduced us, and he's looking at me like, who's you you know like you know he's very guarded he's very kayfabed and i shook his hand and we started talking and i started talking about the old days you know the guys and talking about working and you know what i don't like about today's wrestling and so we just had this rapport like you know he's always like enjoys talking wrestling because like i appreciate the old style so we've been the a's games giants games together and we just sit there talk about the old days and and stuff so um yeah so i almost had this lunch with rick martell last year i was like i was like okay cool that sounds great and i was like damn i hope this happens i'd love to sit down and 
talk to Rick Martel about wrestling and working and all the stories that he can tell, you know? No, that that's so cool. Maybe it, next the, year. <laughs> the first the first question I would ask him is uh what what happened uh, to Tom Zink? Not 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 about how he passed away, but like <laughs> he was a house of fire uh, on the internet for a few years and then went away. Yeah, no, nah, I would I former wouldn't. former tag team partner. I would I don't know if I would ask that question. I I would be more interested to like AWA title run, the territories he worked, the promoters he worked for, and all that kind of stuff. I would love to hear the bookers that he worked for because I like to see who's who's guy. And I and like and Steve Hardee is like he's a big time Rick Martel guy. He's like that's the greatest babyface I've ever seen wrestle. Okay, how many times would Tony Gurria come up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, did you did you notice the Shannon Doherty mention? No, but I love Tony Gray, by the way. So, so maybe <laughs> I wouldn't. No Shannon Doherty, but yes on Tony Gurria. So after Shannon Doherty got reference. So um, after that commercial that I hate, where it shows the wrestling fan is like the dweeby guy who doesn't want to like <laughs> hang out with his girl and instead wants to watch Raw. Uh-huh. So they play that commercial again, and then Heenan for some reason starts talking about Shannon Doherty, and I guess. She's probably in the news at that time for doing something, and so she gets a mention, and then Heenan's like, "That you know, that's not Shannon Doherty," and then, or McMahon says that, and then Heenan's like, "Yeah, you know, but I don't know, uh, I, may, I may give her my number," or he said something like that. So Shannon Doherty on 1993 Monday Night Raw. Is this when she left down to No, this would have had to been. This, she she would have been still on. She's probably still a year away from leaving, but I'm sure it probably had to do with her getting married to some random dude for two weeks or whatever. Man, I was... Uh, so I threw on that Raw 93 last night to watch it to review for the show today. And I like watched a little bit earlier, and then I just threw it on to finish it up. And the, right when I threw it on, it was that commercial. And my <laughs> wife's there. She's getting things ready for bed. And I'm just like... <laughs> I'm waiting for her to say something. I'm just waiting for the punchline. She didn't do it, though. She didn't do it. She didn't give me a punchline. I was a bit disappointed. But, uh... <laughs> so this other that's you every night. You know, or something like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. She, she was, I thought she was going to throw a jab or yeah, something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so the Heavenly Bodies are back with Jim Cornette. And I think they got the Chiron wrong on this match because they said, at least... I think they said Mark Taylor and Scott Thomas instead of Mark Thomas and Scott Taylor. Yeah, I, I think I saw that. But they were saying the right names, though, during the match. Right? Well, Vince Vince kind of screwed it up in the beginning, but I think they they figured it out throughout the match. And, you know, Scott Taylor's probably been on Raw as, a, as an enhancement guy maybe more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they should, they should know who Scott Taylor is. Um, you think Vince knows who Mark Thomas is because he always compliments him about his physique. I know, I know, totally. And it, he's, he was he looked great on this show as far as physique was concerned. The other thing that I thought about this match is the Heavenly Bodies do uh, their move that that weird sort of clothesline DDT thing, oh. the 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 the, the, uh, Not the finisher. Thing. It kind of fits into today's wrestling, right? Yeah, I hate it. It doesn't make any sense, but it is kind of different. And then, you know, just for 
just for uh, for good luck, they hit the double super kick on the guy, which also fits in today's wrestling. I, I this may I had to write e- my good friend James E. Cornett. I might have to email him and say, Jim, you know I love you, love everything you do, all your teams do. But one thing I just can never rack my brainers on is why would you your tag team clone clothesline and the other guy just deliver DET? I don't get it. Same thing like in all Japan, they had a team of Jake Lee and Rio. Uh, Rio Sai, and it was like the what was it STF or something like that or not STF it was the um god what's that move it was something similar like he was like Sai would clothesline Jake Lee and Jake Lee would take the bump and 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 sell his head and, the, and they get the pin I'm like why would you sacrifice your team like that because there's there's a million other double team moves you can do that no one gets hurt your partner doesn't get hurt doing it I just that stuff I don't like uh, so the finish should have been that freaking super bomb off the top rope, a second rope, by the way. So, you know, if, if you do tell Jim Cornette that he's going to ask you if you've ever booked uh, Joey Ryan, then I'll just cower like that. that <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, was that Homer Simpson mean back in the bush? <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, th- th- this show is interesting because I feel like they were light on content, and they were so they had to like figure out stuff to add because we get this long segment from superstars with Bam Bam Bigelow and Doink, where Doink uh, dumps like some confetti or something or some whatever on Bam Bam, and then Luna gets pissed off at him. And he puts a pail on top of Luna's head and also dumps water on her. And she goes into this, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost like someone, like, put a bullet in her or something the way that she sold this uh, this water. She sold but, it better than Ortiz in the main event, <laughs> like, gyrating. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, and so, uh, so, they, Doink is about to start his match. And I think he's facing Scott Taylor. And Bam Bam just starts chasing him. And Scott Taylor, uh, he's, like, trying to, like, help Luna because she's, like, in the middle of the ring and just on her knees, well, like... It wasn't Scott Taylor. Was, it wasn't Scott Taylor? Yeah, it was a, a young kid. <laughs> a young man, that's what it's called. I don't know who this guy was. I thought I, I looked like Scott he Taylor to wrestler, me. Wrestler. Hey, well, Scott Taylor wrestled earlier. Oh, no. Well, I guess it was no, because it was on Superstars. Yeah, this guy was uh, no name mentioned. He was just a young man that's trying to help Luna. Yeah, he's helping Luna, and she's, like, getting mad, and she's pushing him away. And the whole segment is that Bam Bam is, like, you know, trying to get to Doink for what he did. So Doink goes under the ring. Bam Bam can't find him. And then Doink puts, like, some uh, some fishing line or something that he that he, that he uh, ties a knot from one, one side of the barricade to the other. Uh, or or uh, and then uh, he tricks Bam Bam into running over the line and tripping and like that's the segment from Superstars. So we have Babyface Doink, who I don't really like as much as the heel Doink. Like I thought the heel Doink was pretty brilliant, but as he turns Babyface, not as big of a fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. It was to me. It was too soon, but he was getting really popular, and I think they kind of rushed that. Um, I like the uh, the tripwire gimmick, and and if anyone out there is listening who doesn't think Bam Bam Big was a good worker, 
You just watch how he bumped on that tripwire. <laughs> come at me. Come out. You can at me. If, if you know. <laughs> Bam Bam's the best. And yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into Babyface Doink. I'm definitely not Babyface Doink when it's at, when it's not Josh, a uh, big uh, Matt Bourne. Excuse me. Um, I'd kind of like this. I do like this kind of like drunk uh, looking, you know, disheveled Babyface Doink though. Like he's still kind of like just weird and creepy. But I know he's getting cheered now. But it's when he starts getting dink and all that kind of stuff. That's when I was like, okay, we got to get this. This clown stuff. It's 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 went too far. Is this still Matt Bourne yeah. or is this a different doink? This is. I think it might be one of his. I'm not sure. You'll have to go check the old observers, but I think this might be one of his last few TV tapings. Mm, okay. So, uh, so I think so. So uh, doink. Um, he actually he has a match. He comes out. He's facing Corey Student. He teases Bobby the Brain Heenan that he's going to throw water on him again. And Vince is, like, pointing at Bobby. And uh, and so he does throw something at Bobby, but it's popcorn. And as he throws the popcorn on Bobby, Bobby screams something like, I'm so cold. <laughs> this great like so awesome surprise vince didn't do the uh pee my pants moment with bobby in that moment yeah bobby's like he's like i'm begging you i'm i'm on my knees and then he says something like what do you think i'm a midget like because he's sitting (laughs) down he's not actually on his knees (laughs) uh this is a great squash match though it was really good the, the i i just love the finisher i've i've always been a fan of this finisher even from the big josh days and uh, every time he hits it, I, I love it. Yeah, uh, and everything looked good. And that that guy who worked, uh, Corey Student, is a big guy. He's like six six two, six four, taking really good bumps. I liked his uh, his uh, his schoolboys and his uh, forward rolls he did, and the big Beal bump he did, like clean man. This guy was a good athlete. So that leads Bam Bam to coming out, and and the way that he gets Doink back. So so Doink. What did he come out? He like was riding something. Was it a wagon or a tricycle? Or he was riding something as he came in his entrance. And uh, Bam Bam just destroyed it. And Doink wagon. was kind of, Yeah, the wagon. Doink was not even really selling it. He was just like, you know, doing Doink mannerisms. And that's kind of the, the end of the thing. Um, because what happens next is Vince and Bobby, they literally just have time to kill. <laughs> And so what do they do? They're just like, oh, let's replay the Razor Ramon and 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 Rick Martel battle royal moment where where they you know they're the last two two standing and like like this was what I you know this is what I was saying earlier they didn't have enough content to fill the forty five minutes or forty four minutes or whatever because they did the long superstar segment and then they end the show. There's like three minutes left in the show and they're just like. BSing and going over the the end of the the end of the battle royal. So whatever whatever it was, they they just that's the way they decided to do the show. But I don't see it as a negative thing. Like the superstar stuff is cool because we don't see it. We're not watching it, right? So I like that. We're seeing something from a different show. And I like the the focus going from the back bring it all back to the battle royal and and show the finish and hype up next week's match between Razor Ramon and Rick Martel. So I mean, it's accomplishing a, 
its goal to make you hopefully to make those viewers continue to tune in and to see the final act of the story they're trying to tell with this intercontinental championship you know vacancy so i i i liked it i i think it was a good thing and i, I thought they did really well i mean it was funny because like there was only a couple of matches but like we got like a 20 minute battle royal which was really really good yeah you know i get it but it also was apparent to me that it wasn't necessarily the like it, it like like if you were if if they were writing the show that wasn't the plan i think they just didn't have enough stuff and that's what it felt like was that they didn't have enough stuff now what they put in was totally fine but if you you know when we when we watch raw we sort of understand the pattern of the show and kind of how they end the show and 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 the segments they never had run a superstar segment that long. Like we saw the, um, like there was some Yokozuna stuff with Hacksaw that they did that was a little long and other stuff, but not this long. And then at the end when they're, when, you know, when they do sort of send the show, you know, okay, we're done. It's like, maybe they have like a minute, but this time they had like three minutes. So it was pretty noticeable to me that they just, you know, what whatever the taping was that they just, you know, they didn't have enough stuff to put in. But yeah. Look, I mean, it was fine. It was just noticeable to me. Looking back, I probably would have cut the finish of the battle royal a little shorter, and then I would also then I would include two backstage promos with Rick Martel and Razor Ramon to kind of build up that match for next week as well. Yeah, that would be, that would have been cool. Like ending it with like those two promos, Rick Martel first. And then you end it with Razor Ramon saying he's going to carve you up or something. You know, it's Rick Martel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carve that pretty face up or, you know. So that's the end of the show. And like I said, next week we get the uh, the Intercontinental, the, the match for the Intercontinental title. Um, the only thing in the Observer, and, and I'm probably actually a week ahead in the Observer, but this is pretty interesting now. Jim Ross is doing a radio show called uh, Radio WWF or WWF Radio. And he has a special guest who is the Macho Man Randy Savage. On this show, the Macho Man Randy Savage calls out Hulk Hogan. He basically tells the audience that Hulk Hogan is a bad person. (laughs) He lied to Arsenio Hall and Macho Man tried to get him to tell the truth. He is not a good friend. Macho Man thought he was a friend, but he turned out to not be a good friend. And he goes on to tell the story of him uh, and Elizabeth being separated and her hiding out at Hogan's house with Linda Hogan, Linda Bolea. And Macho Man used this to basically say that Hogan, he would ask Hogan where Elizabeth was and Hogan would swerve him and that became the determination that Hulk Hogan was a bad person. So I thought it was so interesting because I'd heard all these stories, but I didn't really remember where they came from. And they came from this interview. Uh, But the other thing that happens that makes it not necessarily a shoot, or maybe it's like half of a shoot, is he ends the interview by saying basically that he wants a match with him so i'm like oh god like you had me so into this interview that you're doing and then you turn it into like oh you know i i want to have a match with you at wrestlemania so hey remember it's pro wrestling and at the end of the day it's all about business right who you can make money with and y'all but, savage knows he can always make money with hulk hogan and but but it never happened right it wouldn't happen in until uh, and until wcw so 
uh, a very interesting sort of strategy. And, and what I wonder is if Vince did it or Vince allowed it, he had to have known about it. If he allowed it because there was some scuttlebutt. So Hogan at this point has already filmed Thunder in Paradise, <laughs> which is airing on TNT, I believe. And he's talk he's talking to Ted, right? Like he's like he's not jumping to WCW yet. He will in uh, 94, but he's kind of like he he knows that um you know, he's still able to do stuff for New Japan. He's he probably still talking to Vince and in communication with Vince, but you know, he's also talking to the other side. So that that is the interesting part is which I wonder if Vince was kind of trying to sabotage his name using Savage to do so because Savage had, you know, maybe some real beef with with Hogan. And um, you know, that uh if if people remember the uh the 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 documentary on Vice, a lot of the documentary on Vice was about this whole thing with Savage frustrated with Hogan because uh, Elizabeth was kind of hanging out with Linda and hanging out at their house, and you know Savage, they were, they were getting they were separated. They were about to get a divorce, and he just couldn't find her and didn't know what she was doing. So just thought that was kind of interesting, and that's the only the only real news out of the uh, out of the Observer. That's the for, Hogan for TV point. show we needed right there. Elizabeth, <laughs> Instead at, of, Elizabeth at Linda and Hogan's house. Elizabeth and Linda like. Uh, uh, out in their bikinis at the pool, oh, and prime, Hogan. prime Linda, prime Elizabeth. You know, I think Elizabeth looked great. Oh my when god! She came back to Nitro when she came on Nitro. I think she looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Hogan, God bless him, man. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that will do it for this show. Uh, I don't think we're going to be doing these uh, these double week uh, two two first. Uh, these two first, it, it was it was really just so much stuff going on this week and uh, and uh, yeah. So I think we did. Uh, I, I'm kind of in a fog a little bit because of all the wrestling we watched, but it was fun. And and you know, you want to know how much of a machine uh, Big Dave is? Is I said I asked him. I said, you know, did you ever think you were going to have to cover ratings again? You know, now twenty years later or whatever. And he's like, no, I never thought I was going to have to do it again. And I was like, yeah, because the Observer was so interesting because we saw the ratings patterns. I'm like, aren't, aren't you know, you're going to have to do this like every week now. He's like, yeah, but it's fun. Like, <laughs> what a machine. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> hey, we want the smoke, man. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. We want the smoke. Uh, but, okay, so uh, that'll do it from here. We will be back next Thursday um, talking about hell in the cell talking about the wednesday night war um we you know there's going to be a wwe smack uh, draft starting uh, on smackdown next friday <laughs> we won't be able to talk about the results there but you know that's that's sort of happening next and uh you know maybe we'll get a little bit of the tea leaves on on where guys are going so always going to be a ton of stuff to talk about um and we, you know we can talk about uh the triple g fight as well so uh that is it from here Two shows in two nights. We are hard workers, but uh, for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.